Welcome to the Greg Allen Podcast. Thanks for joining us where we talk about life. I truly believe that everyone has a story to tell and a lesson to teach. And that's what this show is all about. So if you're enjoying the show, please head over and leave us a review. It helps us connect, inspire and help more people like you. And I just want to do a big shout out to you for taking the time to grow and improve. So good on you. Keep doing what you're doing and good luck in life. Hey everyone, today we've got Rob Crop here and today Rob is going to be talking about how to maneuver your way through the current climate, how to really compress your business through this really difficult period and then expand on the outside of that. Now this is a trade specific, uh, Rob is a trade uh, coach, so trades coach and builders. So we want to make sure that if you're outside of the trade industry, listen to this and get some gemstones from it because usually when you look from the outside in and you hear how different industries are doing certain things, that's where innovation is born. So looking forward to this and thanks so much for joining us, Rob. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to today. So thank you. So Rob, tell us a little bit about this concept that you've been teaching your clients to, to prepare for the COVID-19 and maybe just fill us in with a bit of a background of what your clients are saying, how they're feeling and then some of the solutions you've come up with to help them through this period. Yeah, so we um, at Prava, we only work with um, trades and construction businesses and, um, and it's a bit of a mixed bag at the moment because some industries are being more impacted than others. And it's not necessarily the size, I think, that it depends on the industry we have. And so we've been able to see this all around Australia with all our client base. Um, but the concept still applies where I think the challenge out there in the marketplace at the moment is so many business owners are just looking to let's let's look at the crisis right now and they're only focused on crisis management mode. Mm. Um, but with any crisis, there's always the preparation that needs to be done to be able to mitigate the risks or the the losses through that crisis and how to be able to work through that crisis but it's we've got to have an an opportunistic and a, and, a, and an open mindset to be able to get out the back end it's not a matter of if it's when and so if we're so focused on where we're at and and the troubles and what we're going to do the here and now businesses aren't going to be prepared for when this blows over so i'm a bit of an optimist myself and I always like looking at the silver lining and some of the greatest challenges be able to breed some of the best opportunities. And so with our client base, I'm, uh, I'm trying just to be upbeat and instill positive vibes in them and, and talk to them about, well, how can we navigate the waters through the hard times and compress our businesses, but how do we capitalize at the back end for sure? Yeah, because if you pour too much cost out in this period where it is a crisis and you, and you don't compress then that's, you're not left with any cash to make of any opportunity on the back end. Is that sort of the premise that you're talking about there? Absolutely. Or there's even some business owners who are just so blase about it still where they, they're not even preparing. And so uh, this case, this situation is real and there's a lot of people already hurting and for those people who don't have a plan, they're going to hurt even more because um, – this is a health crisis, but it's very much turning into an economic crisis. And some industries like retail and food and beverage are just being absolutely decimated. 
The beauty about the trade space is it's still considered an essential service for a lot of trades businesses. Construction's a little bit different. Um, but even then, some of the trades guys who are still considered essential services, they're quiet. They've got no pipeline because they haven't responded and got on the front foot to be able to maneuver through this. They've been too blasé or they haven't um, planned accordingly. So um, I think preparation in this time is, is having um, – foresight into to what's coming even though we've got so much uncertainty it's the better to look forward and consider all the different things that might come as and, and plan accordingly yeah awesome now definitely like what you're saying about the retail space tourism as well um, all of those things that got shut down by the government even though it's not affecting the trade industry at the moment the time will come where that flows down and it's going to hit us and if we're not preparing for it that's when we're going to be knocked over we'll talk a bit about pipeline through this but and the ability to not have a false sense of security but you're right is because and when we talk about pipeline i'll talk about it more because though even though that um, people in the trades base are working in those sectors they're going to have be impacted so there's so many moving parts that are going on right now where some people aren't affected but they will be down the track for sure a little bit about the project guys they've got to secure contracts and they've got to get deposits and more importantly if we go down to shutdown or whatever it is it's so important that it's probably coming we don't know um but now it's more important to secure contracts and get paid contract and get paid deposits even though you've been maybe um reluctant to do that in the past push the envelope on it because if you get a contract signed and deposit paid even if we go into shutdown, that work's going to be available for you at the back end. So what you can then do is secure pipeline for the next couple of months, and hopefully that's going to set you up to be able to then expand, get your guys back on board, and bang, off we go, and we all um, take off from there. Yeah, I'd love to, on that point, so I'd love to hear your uh, thoughts around the stimulus package item on the relief for financially struggling businesses so that's the one where the once a business is served they don't 21 days it's extended out six months do you feel builders will be using this to their advantage in the trade and construction space um, and if so how can we protect ourselves from that yeah it's going to be a tough one i think that a lot of people are going to be holding on to their cash and now more than ever is um getting invoices out straight away and having a really good debt follow-up system. And um, because so many trades businesses, construction businesses, we see are poor at invoicing and they're poor at following up. Um, but now more than ever, it's tightening your terms and tightening your payment terms and minimizing the exposure that a lot of people have in terms of bad debts. So the more that you can tighten that in and be all over it, um, um, follow-ups, do statements, do phone calls, all that type of stuff. The more that you can be over that in terms of debt and management, you're going to minimise the risk of having to write off bad debts, which is just going to further compound the problem. Yeah, cool. What about a word uh, around uh, continuing trade with someone that's not paying for the larger projects? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, you've got to be empathetic in this time, um, but you've also got to minim minimise your risk. And if they're not paying, it might mean that they're experiencing some financial hard times. And this is 
this is where you've got to negotiate and it might get to the point in time where you've got to stop doing some work for them even though you've gone, got contracts in place but this is where you as an owner have to be smart here because if they're not paying you for work you've already done and they're expecting you to keep doing more without showing some good faith that they're going to keep paying you've got to you've got to be careful that you don't expose your own risk by just continuing to do more work and never get paid for it in the end of the day so minimizing the impact of profitability on the business. So talk us to us a little bit about that, Rob. So we've spoken a little bit so far around um, doubling down on marketing. Um, sales, we've focused on being sales led. We've focused on the importance of trimming costs. That's absolutely gonna be essential. The biggest cost in a trades and construction business is labor. So you've gotta monitor the hell out of that to be able to ensure that you're not um, over-resourced or job stacking where you're throwing labor at jobs hoping it'll get better but all you're doing is eroding your margin um, in terms of protecting profitability at the moment now more than ever business owners need to be jumping into their financials and um, tracking their revenue profile they've got to be um, measuring and managing their GP on jobs they've got to be measuring and managing labor and productivity They've got to be reducing cost base and their overhead expenses. And that there will hopefully preserve as much bottom line profit as they can. But what's the next step out of that is so important is that they're managing cash flow. Um, and so if the listeners don't have it already, they need cash flow forecasting in place. And I'm a massive advocate of having it in place where it doesn't fix your cash flow. But what it does is help you look forward rather than just looking backwards on what's happened. It's your ability to project forward what money is coming in, what money is going out, and having visibility on that because in the absence of that, you can't make decisions. You're just going to shoot from the hip and hope from the best. So there's a few strategies there that the listeners can do to be able to preserve profitability, but they've absolutely got to get in and do some cash flow forecasting and I recommend weekly cash flow forecasting because then it allows you to look forward on a rolling forecast to be able to make sure that they're projecting accordingly. So uh, that's really interesting and weekly uh, cash flow forecasting, do you have any tools or apps or um, suggestions on how to do that effectively? So I'm a, um, I know within some of the accounting packages they've got cash flow forecasting built into them. Um, the only issue that I have with them is that it lives in a perfect world where it assumes that bills are going to be paid on time and money is going to be received by the deadline. Um, but as business owners know, there is no perfect world when it comes to getting paid. Um, I'm a big believer of using an Excel-based cash flow forecast. Um, and the reason why I do that is I know it's a bit of duplication of work, but it's the ability to still mirror the profit loss and how the profit loss is set out in terms of um, sales, the cost to sales and your expenses. So the cash flow forecast still mirrors the P&L, yep. but using an Excel-based spreadsheet helps you manipulate things going forward because if you're on the phone to one of your debtors and they say, well, I know it's due today, but I can't pay for next week, then you've got the ability to take that out of this column and put it into that column and then you can look down to the bottom of the week and go, well, uh-oh, well, if I took that 20 grand out, now I'm going to be running into a negative on my cash flow. 
then you've got the ability to then go, well, I know I needed to pay that supplier and that supplier and that contractor. You've then got the ability to maneuver them as well um, and then get on the front foot to your customers and keep chasing debtors, but get on the front foot to your people you owe money to and then not hide because in instances like this, the worst thing you can do is not communicate. You've got to be able to get on the front foot and say, well, I'm sorry, I was waiting for this payment to come in. It hasn't come. They've promised me next week. I know I owe you this for this invoice, but what I can do is pay you next week. So using an Excel-based spreadsheet like that, and I'm happy to provide one that we use with our clients, is um, it's a bit of duplication of work, but it helps you manipulate what's happening and be more fluid in your forecasting rather than um, being rigid in which a lot of accounting packages are. Yeah, definitely. I think that's super important. I've In the past, I've used a, an Excel-style spreadsheet uh, app called Flow. Um, we went back to uh, Excel spreadsheet as well, but Flow was really good. Um, it's just at the time, I was trying to train up someone to use it, and they were really good at Excel, so we reverted back. So it might be something that people want to check out. You do have the ability to move things around in that as well and push push your previous month's figures across into the next column and forecast out like that. But yeah, so important to be able to call your customers first and let them know I won't be able to pay on time. Um, is that okay? They'll, they'll probably be you know pretty happy about that, that you called them rather than just not paying them. Absolutely. And I think what's really important is this isn't just something that your bookkeepers should be doing. Like with our clients, we say that it's okay for your bookkeeper to, or, or, or accounts person to be able to help put data in because it is a data entry type of thing. But for the owner, like it's your cash. You've got to sit there every single week to be able to go, okay, what happened last week? What's happening this week? What's happening in the next couple of weeks? Am I forecasting this out correctly? Not just rely on your bookkeeper or accounts person to say, hey, we're going to be okay, and then you get there, and it's like, oh shit, I've run out of cash. Like it's so now more than ever, the owner has to get their hands dirty, not to do the data entry, but but, but to analyse what's happening in their cash position, so that they're informed, they've got data, and they can make strategic decisions going forward, not just run blindly um, going forward each week. Yeah, you know, that's what drives so much stress is when you don't know. Have you ever had your accounts unreconciled or something for like two weeks and it's just like, what? Like, where are we? <laughs> you don't know. But so many people will just not look at their P&L or cash flow forecast for months sometimes. So, you know, I think it's so important that we, we use that and it's something we want to look at like every week and see where we're heading. So really good points there. Correct. So when it comes awesome. to uh, protecting, uh, sorry, no, uh, minimizing the impact of profitability, what are some things that we need to look at through the P&L to see if we can, like, how do we make those decisions? Let's let's take that out. Let's take that out. Um, well, a great way to doing it is looking through your bank account um, and looking for common things that, like, it's the easiest way. And that's just an easy plug the hole in the bucket kind of thing where you can just look through your bank account, see where all the things that you're spending and look for unnecessary discretionary spending, not only in the business but your personal life as well. Look through look through both because in times like this, you might need to get your team to reduce their what they're paying them, you're paying them, but you might need to take a haircut as well. So on the personal front, how can we minimize discretionary spending? On the business front, 
are there subscriptions? Are there things that you've subscribed to? Have you got a couple of licenses here that you just don't need anymore? Um, can you go and negotiate this? Can you go and negotiate that? Like sometimes we've got clients to do this and they've saved anywhere between 10 and 50 grand in just pure costs where it's just they've, they just pay it, but they don't even know they're paying it. So yeah. um, jump in and do that because every dollar that you can save right now, we want to keep money moving in the economy to keep the economy moving. But if you can just reduce your overheads a little bit, it's going to make it a hell of a lot better for, for business owners to be able to uh, keep trading through. With this, with the Blase client or with the Blase tradesperson or company or business outside of the trade industry, what what are these people like, what is the effect of them not being prepared? Um, well, the effect of, well, it's stress. It's, um, it's overwhelm. It's the, this is where uncertainty arises. So this is where people get themselves into a, a whirlwind um, because when people aren't calculated and don't have prior and, and don't prepare for the, it's the old prepare for the worst, hope for the best type of mentality. But if you don't have, plans in place around well, what am I going to, how can I speak to my accountant to get access to funding? What am I going to do about standing down people at the right time? Um, how am I making sure that I look after my people so that they're not going to be um, going into people's homes and run the risk of getting ill um, or contracting the virus? And then from a business point of view, uh, making sure that you've actually on top of your numbers and your finances and looking forward with your pipeline to be able to be prepared to know when to scale down and weather the storm and then when to be able to scale back up again at the right time. So planning right now is about getting on the front foot to be able to kind of, even though we're all in uncharted territory, it's about grabbing all these little bits of information of what you're doing great to be able to then go, right, how can how does this apply to me? But how do I get on the front foot and prepare to be able to move through this as best as possible? Yeah, cool. So can you tell me a little bit about the pipeline that you're suggesting? What what In that space, like, what are the things that you're talking about mainly? So with um, everything starts and stops with sales in business. And if you don't have sales, then everything at the back end of that is is useless. So you can have the best people the best systems, the best processes and everything in the world. But obviously, if you don't have a great pipeline of revenue coming in, then um, really there is no business. And so um, in good times, and let's face it, the trades and construction industries have been in what we call a high tide effect. It's been buoyant times, maybe not over there in Perth, you're coming at the back end, but it's um, but in a lot of eastern seaboard of Australia, the, the, the industry's been booming. And everyone's been haphazard around marketing and sales. But there's no more greater time right now to be focusing on account management, looking after your current customer base and pushing for new opportunities in the marketplace because the businesses who have the ability to shore up their pipeline of work ahead of them are going to be the guys who are able to keep cash flow rolling through the door, keep their guys billable, Yep. And then they're going to be the guys who are going to have the ability to be able to trade through this and then be in an even better position at the back end. Does that kind of, kind of make sense? Yeah, totally. does. And I totally understand as well through our academy, like some people just don't, like, no, 100% of the time, word of mouth. It's like, I don't think word of mouth is going to get you through this. I'm sorry, you're going to have to start putting some effort into 
calling customers, getting into the flow of things, actually doing some marketing, put yourself out there. So, yeah. So for for the guys in the maintenance space, um, now's your time. You've got to double down on your marketing spend. And so many people are trying to retract back and save money. But if you're in the domestic space, you need to be doing Facebook and Google AdWords around or whatever your platform is to be able to let the customers know that you're open for business and that you can come in there and fix faulty light switches or block sewers or block pipes or burst water, whatever it is. Like you've got to market yourself to be in the and potentially change your message in around that to let people know that you're available. Um, if you're in the maintenance space in um, strata and all those types of things, it's about getting on the front foot to them, doing email blasts out of your CRM to let you know that you're open for business and these are the measures we're taking and getting on the front foot to your strata managers or real estate agents saying, this is what we're doing, this is how we're tackling it, how can I help, what do you need? It's like now is more than ever to be able to be speaking to current customers and future customers to let them know you're open for business and there to be able to support them. Yeah, 100% agree with that message. That's the same message I'm putting out. I think it's so important that we're having conversations and not just work conversations with our clients, but how are you going? Are you safe? Are you, have you got sick yet? Like those that, that demonstrating that you care about your customer is so important. And um, so many people don't send a message that says, how are you? <laughs> like, it's just such a gold little message that you can send to someone. Absolutely, and, and now is more important than ever than quality of workmanship and reliability and turning up on time and doing a great job and following up with a great invoice and being there to serve them as a customer because the, the people, if you do a shit job now, then that's going to leave a bad taste in the mouth of either that domestic customer or in the strata commercial space or whatever it is. And if you don't turn up to be able to be reliable now in a crisis, they will wipe you and then that opens the door for someone to be able to get on as a approved customer in that space. So um, for the guys in maintenance and girls, now more than ever, it's an op- you've got to stand up and lead and be present in front of your customers because if you're not there, this is the cu- these are the businesses who are going to dominate at the back end of this who have got great service and good customer service for sure. So with, uh, from, from the pipeline, you wanted to talk about protecting core business. So when we protect our core business, what are some of the things that we want to do to make sure that we are safe and secure as a business? I think one of the most important things at the moment is, um, is knowing your numbers and acting accordingly. Um, uh, you probably see it in the academy where you see business owners, they they don't measure productivity. Um, they don't measure, measure their their labour properly. Um, they don't track it, and they they don't keep an eye on their materials and doing their job costing of materials and labour. Um, and a lot of business owners have um, they've grown and they've become pretty fat and lazy and sloppy in their management of of their business. And in times like this, we can't afford to have big, fat, lazy businesses, we need to become really lean and mean and have visibility on our pipeline of what's happening so that we've got the ability to uh, respond accordingly and trim costs at the right time. Now, no one ever wants to let go anyone from their team, 
but we've got to accept in times like this that there's got to be those businesses who have to make the tough decisions to reduce overheads at appropriate times. Um, because if you hold on for, t- for people for too long, you might do that at a good faith trying to be looking after Bob or Mary or Sue or Tom. But if you look after people for too long, it can be the detriment of the whole business rather than just unfortunately letting one or two people go. And so in times like this, like letting people go is never a good time and you feel shit as a business owner. But what's more important is that the owner takes a frugal approach in terms of their expenses and they should be looking for opportunities right now to minimize unnecessary spending so they can do that by going through their profit loss and seeing are there subscriptions um do you need to be paying for this do i need to be paying for that is this a luxury is that a luxury so looking at trimming that that cost base down but also um knowing when the right time and and i'm not an industrial relations or hr person to be able to give the specific advice around how to stand people down or what leave or leave without pay, I can't give that advice. But it's about getting the right advice at the right time to be able to, if your revenue profile is reducing, you've got to trim your overhead costs accordingly so you can scale right down, trade through, and then have the ability to expand out the back end where appropriate. Yeah, I've said this in another session with another expert, but I think it's relevant to talk about it right now as an opportunity and a strategy around if, for example, if you have five tradespeople or five staff members and they're on $40 an hour, you can talk to them all about let's try and keep our team together. Let's drop our wages down to $30 an hour for a short period of time, like you said. And then once we come out the back end and we can, can trade safely again and we know we're out in the clear again, we'll put it back up. But what you do is you can press instead of firing someone to save $40 an hour, you, you're actually compressing the wages for the same effects, but actually a ten dollar, you know, um, saving per hour as well when you've got five. So, just strategies like that, we've got to think creatively around that. And there's an opportunity there as long as it's above the award. Still, we still want to pay above the award, but it's also an agreement within your team to come up with solutions like that, where everyone's on 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 the same side, and we're all working together to get through this. Well, as you know, is like you run a trades business, it's hard to find good people. And the last thing that you want to do is lose your greatest asset, which is your people. No one wants to lose their greatest asset because it takes so much time and energy and money to be able to find, train, and retain great people and build a great culture within the business. Absolutely. It's hard work. It's the it's the hardest thing any business owner has to face. And so, if you can keep your core group of people together and and keep a core customer base and keep a core group of people together. And if you can hold strong on those core things within your business and trade through this, then you're going to be much stronger at the back end because if, if, if you don't be smart here, it'll be like, well, I'll have to pump him and I'll have to get rid of that person and that rid of that person. You come back to nothing and then you've got to start again. So in times like this, we've got to protect our core base, which is our customers and our people, but we've got to do be smart about it so we don't just destroy our business in the meantime. Yeah. On that point, like really good point, man. And on that point as well, if we were to let go one of our key members and then, you know, four weeks later, they've gone off and got another job somewhere, somehow, like probably 
way oversupply of electricians or, or, or your, your type of trade that you've got or, or any business at the moment. Um, but, you know, you've let them go. And four weeks later, all of a sudden, poof, things just change. And we, we couldn't predict it. We can't predict it. But things change and it's positive again. And you're so busy and now you're overwhelmed because you can't keep up with the work. And you have to hire someone that's not suited for the job. You have to train them again, like you said, high risk profile. You know, uh, it costs a lot of money to train someone. So yeah, really good point there, Rob. Because you've got to remember, and this is the positive message that I want to be able to, to, to be able to give the listeners, is when we get through this, guess what? All those buildings need to be built. Construction still needs to go ahead. People are still going to need block drains unblocked. They need light switches done. Like it's, I believe that the construction industry is going to weather the storm probably the best out of this because it, yes, it might hurt if we go in it like we are going in a downturn, if we have to go in a spe- especially a lockdown. But even if we do, if we have that two-week or three-week window, guess what? Most people complain they don't have time to work on their business. Now they've just got two to three weeks to work on their business. <laughs> so how good is that? And then when you come out the back end, it's just like being on Christmas holidays where you come back to a pipeline of work. How great is that? But you've got all these jobs stacked and you're ready to go. So. Yeah. For the trades and construction people is you've got to prepare for the worst but have faith that the work's going to be at the back end. So don't – you've got to be strategic but don't erode your business in the meantime as otherwise you won't have a business to come back to in the end of the day. Yep. No, good point. Uh, another thing on that as well is with people – everyone cutting costs right now. Everyone's trying to save. No one's going out for dinners, lunches all this sort of stuff, guess what's happening if they've got a job? Their bank account's growing. They're getting more money, they're getting an abundance of money. And so by the time this all blows over and hopefully it's sooner rather than later, they'll have extra money. So when they call you up and say, ready to go ahead with that job, and actually, can we get all those extra things done as well while you're here? Because they've got the money. So that's the sort of opportunities that are gonna come off the back end of that and we've gotta be prepared for that, like you're talking about, ready to span back out the other end quickly but even but even the people in the hospitality space like i love good food and good wine and i love going to cafes like it's only been a couple of days we can't go but i'm itching to go <laughs> and sit in a cafe and have a good breakfast like it's like as soon as we open it up again everyone's just going to go out there and do that so it doesn't matter if you're in the trade space or whatever it is like people are going to want to get out because it's like cabin fever like people are in cabin fever so they're going to want to go and socialize so we just got to keep that that, that hope and that positive vibe that there's going to be something good come out of this. Yeah. Now, you, what you should be doing is getting some trade people into your cafe right now and expanding the space <laughs> <laughs> so that people can fit in there after this is all over. No, just um, don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, so that's protecting uh, the core business. Is there anything else on that that you wanted to add to just fill that out a little bit? Or you feel like we've covered A little it? bit about... A little bit, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to that and pipeline around your core business is so, um, we've got to be careful that a lot of trades and construction businesses aren't living in a false economy at the moment. And what I mean by that is someone will go, I spoke to one of our clients actually the other day. He does electrical work in the commercial space doing fit out for hospitality businesses. Oh. And I said, mate, how are you going at the moment? Good. You're busy. Oh, mate, we're flat chat. And I said, okay. And, he, and I said, oh, he's like, yeah, we've got heaps of projects on. 
And I said, mate, tie me up. Like, you do realize that the the market that you play in is the market that's being decimated at the moment and the work that you've got on today and that your core business as it stands today is a result of the work you did three and six months ago to secure that that pipeline for today. Yeah. Um, for some businesses out there, your future might look grim, especially for builders. You may be having projects pulled. You might need to start thinking about renovations or deck extensions, doing, doing, doing decks, bathrooms, kitchens. I know it's out of your norm, which is your core business, but you can't, for a builder, their um, gestation period from a lead to a sale is generally six or 12 months. And if you've got a hole in your pipeline in three months' time, you can't just manufacture a job. Yeah. So your core business might be something, but in times like this, be careful of false economies because you're busy today. Be mindful of what your market is and what's happened to that market, and you might either need to adjust slightly or you might need to completely manoeuvre to be able to make sure that you've got work come July, August, September, October, November, December. Mm. So it's being so mindful around where you're at. And with this electrical client, it was the conversation around, well, you're not going to be doing fit-outs at the end of this year because no one's going to be spending money. Do we need to be thinking about maintenance contracts or moving into office fit-outs where people are going to be spending money? So it's really important that they keep their pipeline full and protect their core business but understand which market they definitely play in. Yeah, totally. That's a, a really good example of the false economy. And also the negative of that as well. People might be feeling completely like they've got no opportunity to come out of this, but you know that might be you're pushing yourself a bit too far and not, not allowing yourself to think creatively around the problem you've got in front of you. But yeah, that was good. So in terms of coronavirus, it's like hit us pretty hard. Is there any other messages you want to get out? I love your positivity, Rob. I think it's so good that you're putting a positive message out there and we will come out the other end. But is there other messages that you want to get out to people, whether it's in the trade industry or everyone in general? I think the biggest message is we've got to, we've got to protect our mindset. That's one of the biggest things we've got to be able to do is in times like this, I think we've got to be careful of who we listen to and what we listen to um, because if we listen to too much doom and gloom, it can put us in a uh, negative mindset, a negative state of being. Um, and then when we get in that negative mindset, it forces us to shut down and retract and retreat and we make poor decisions. And in times like this, we've got to be more grateful than we've ever done before. Um, we probably need to be more grateful for our families and our friends and, and the opportunities we've got here in Australia um, because the people who are grateful for what they've got uh, are going to be having more to be grateful for. So I think it's, yes, we can talk business all day long, but in the end of the day, our mindset is so essential that we protect that Um but we are also there for our friends and our family, our own mental health and our own well-being to not only look after ourselves, but to look after the people who are looking to us for support. And right now, um, business owners are leaders and leaders have a duty and an obligation to step up and lead. 
and you're doing a great job of this. You're you're putting yourself out there and you're doing an awesome job of that. And and so every business owner has a duty and obligation to not only look after themselves, but they got to look after the people that they serve and their team members as well. And so many people are scared at the moment that they're looking to you for leadership. So as a leader, you've got to protect yourself, but you've got to be willing to step up and put yourself in a position where you're willing to want to reach down and drag people up with you because there's a shitload of people hurting at the moment. So um, now's your time to shine and uh, really step into who you were meant to be. Yeah, everyone has an opportunity to give back and help. It doesn't matter how long you've been in business, you can help others around you just by moral support, saying we're in it together, you know, collaborating, thinking of different ideas and talking it out. There's always an opportunity to, to share knowledge and I think that's what we have to be doing across all industries right now and coming together as a nation and not fighting over fucking toilet paper in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just would like to come back to a point you just made before, like be careful who you're listening to and you said there's positive and there's negative. How do you use the news as a tool or how do you feel about mainstream news and how do you use it as a tool without it affecting your emotional well-being because obviously watching the news at the moment is pretty terrible um well the first thing is i don't watch the news and i because i think every a lot of media has their own hidden agenda and everyone's putting different spins on it depending on what they can do to grab headlines and grab ratings so the media has a hidden agendas i believe um what i do is go to the source so i every time uh, ScoMo does an update, regardless if you love him or hate him, I actually think he's doing a really good job. Um, I watch for his updates. Now, we're in Victoria. I'm in Victoria, so I look for updates from Daniel Andrews, who's the Premier. And then I um, also look to the, the health advice. And so what I've got to do is put trust in the health advisors, I've got to put trust in our politicians and I've got to put trust in the people who have got our best interest at heart and we've just got to listen to that because if we all that the media is doing is taking that messaging and then slicing and dicing and spinning it depending on what's going to get the best ratings for them. So for me is I'm trying to block out as much as I can. I'm focusing on listening to the – going to the source – I'm focusing harder than ever I've ever done on meditation, listening to podcasts, reading good books, surrounding myself with good people. Because if I can nurture my mindset during those times and protect it and get valid information and respond accordingly, that's what's going to help me as a leader get through it and then look after the people who are relying on me. Yep, that's, that answers everyone's question. They were all wondering, how does he stay so positive? That's exactly how you do it. And that, was, that answers the question perfectly so i was asking how do you use it as a tool and uh so you go you deconstruct it really don't you and you take just the source and you use that to um make sure you're getting the right information without all of the opinionated um bias sort of information that sometimes can get put out so cool and that's why you're doing a great job mate and that's why the listeners here need to be grateful for this opportunity because it's um there's so much conflicting advice at the moment so if, if you've got this platform where you're able to listen to specific advice and have people talk to you in confidence around what's happening and then you can take 
confidence and, and a surety that this is the right path for you, then there's not that element of uncertainty which stops people in their, in their tracks. So um, hopefully the listeners can listen to all the things that are relevant to them, take out all the bits of advice, have confidence in what needs to happen, and then take action and keep moving forward rather than just be paralyzed because of all this mixed messaging. So listen to the right sources, um, understand what it is, and just keep marching forward. And that's what's going to help us get through this for sure.